What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined as always by the Al Bundy of the online shoe world, Ooh. aka the Run DMC, aka Mr. Dan McAuliffe. Dan, how you doing tonight, buddy? Doing well. I'm doing well, Max. As you uh, as you mentioned there, I work at a uh, athletic footwear uh, startup, and it's been really fun, but uh, really busy at the same time. So. Uh, definitely kind of itching to get some content out here, uh, but I think we'll also be covering some other ways that we're going to be looking to get some content out uh, to the masses uh, in the near future. Isn't that right? That is right. So we, uh, you know, first of all, we want more reviews. The more reviews, the better. We want to know what you guys like about the show. We want to know what you hate about the show. But we got a review from Mr. Charles Aldis uh, a couple weeks ago. Ooh. It was a pretty short review. It just said, the content is rock solid. My only complaint is that they only do a show every two to three weeks. Come on, guys. And Preach. Dan, he, he, didn't, he didn't say come on, guys, in all caps, but I could kind but of you, feel it. You kind of knew. You knew what he was getting out there. No, that's fair. Sometimes you, it just, you can sense that type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to make an announcement. You know, we're, we're in the middle of figuring this out, but we are going to do our best to get to a weekly cadence. As Dan alluded, he's a very busy person. Um, so I have talked to him, you know, we're, we're going to try to test out some other show formats. You know, we got our buddy, the dynasty moose post and polls. So I don't know if we're going to get him to jump on review some of those. We're going to figure it out. But the bottom line is you guys are going to get more content and you're going to get it very soon. Exactly. Things move at a fast pace. We got to keep up with uh, everything there. So it'll be fun to make sure that we're getting, uh, getting over to your podcast apps, uh, on a more frequent basis now. And, and keep the reviews coming. I only find the ones on Apple. If they're on Spotify, I don't know where to find them. And, Spoiler, uh, they don't exist, so don't worry about those ones there. <laughs> that's a problem. I'm going to have to talk to Spotify about that. Right? Um, and then on the Google side, for our Google listeners, I have nothing against the Android platform. Just don't currently own any devices. I was once an Android truther. I don't know where to find those. So I'm going to have to find those and make sure that we're uh, giving everybody the respect they deserve. But keep Love the it. reviews coming. No, agreed. They're the, they're the best way for us to kind of gauge uh, what we should continue to do, uh, start doing, stop doing, etc. Uh, for all the content here. So really appreciate getting those in. All right, Mr. Bundy. So we don't need to recap your tailback <laughs> career at Polk High School. Uh, and that's one <laughs> six down, touchdown game you had. We got a short show list tonight. Um, let's jump right into it with the Golden Boy, the 101 from last year had his season cut a little bit shorter than I think we wanted to. Why don't you kick things off and talk to me about Joe Burrow? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a name that's starting to crop up a little bit um, simply because uh, he has maybe been off people's minds for a little bit since he got injured, right? I mean, he he was on a, a fantastic pace. We'll actually kind of go over some of those numbers there. But with the recent addition of Jamar Chase, you have people kind of looking his way again, being like, well, we really liked him when he had Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and A.J. Green. Trade A.J. Green now for Jamar Chase, one of the most coveted wide receiver prospects of this class. He's starting to come back up as a name where it's, oh, man, especially when it comes to like leagues like Superflex. Let's kind of dig in a little bit more on Joe Burrow. Um, so, I mean, as a history recap, um, we, he really didn't do much of anything his first three years uh, in the NCAA, right? Then he was pretty decent in his fourth year uh, and then skyrockets uh, to glory in his fifth year. And he becomes this kind of household name uh, leading up to the, uh, the draft, uh, two drafts ago. Um, when it came to his play uh, on the field for this year, he showed awesome accuracy. Uh, he was number nine in accuracy rating and 11th in clean pocket 
uh, completion percentage for uh, player profiler. So to be able to do that as a rookie, again, I think we need to, in most cases, temper expectations for a rookie who's coming in. But of course, you knew no one was really starting other than Joe Burrow. Uh, he was going to be getting that shot immediately. Um, so you needed to kind of see him step up pretty quickly. And for him to be able to do that is uh, is pretty crazy. And in fact, when you start to look at some of the numbers he was putting up, he was on pace for breaking rookie records for passing yards before he went down. Like he it's it's stinks because we don't get to actually tell that story right and pacing i'm always uh, a little against putting those narratives together too much because of course anything can happen throughout the season but to see that he was doing uh, that well is pretty impressive and i'm also going to note that he had five games over 300 passing uh, uh passing yards like that's pretty impressive for a rookie coming in um However, I mean, if we're going to kind of point out his good sides, we also got to point out some of the areas where he struggled. And of course, uh, he didn't push the ball downfield uh, that much. And anytime that he did, AJ Green wasn't catching the ball. Um, so it was kind of really hard to succeed with those those true kind of long bombs. Uh, and the team didn't utilize uh, play action uh, very much. Burrow was uh, 30th. Uh, in play action um, going in through uh, last season there. So definitely something that you'd want to see if you want to see him become a, just a true versatile quarterback that he uh, has that opportunity uh, to be able to do that. But to return back to kind of the, the conversation at hand, uh, he has absolutely stellar weapons uh, going into the season uh, with the addition of Chase. The biggest thing that I think we'd all kind of say is, okay, well, why did he has have his struggles last year? And why was he running all over the field? It was because of his offensive line, right? So I think the weapons, in my opinion, I mean, I think the Bengals are top five uh, in wide receiver weapons going into the season uh, in terms of just comparison to some of the other teams that are there. I'm just really worried that about his kind of offensive line of protection. I know they've got a couple guys returning that are going to be able to kind of like shift around. It's actually probably why they looked at someone like Penny Sewell and said, you know what? No, we're good. We're going to take chase. Um, but it is going to be something in the back of a lot of people's minds when they're looking at, yeah, you had the addition to chase, but you didn't have that addition at offensive line. So Max, kind of, what are your thoughts uh, on Joe Burrow kind of going into the season? Is he someone that you're targeting or someone that you're, you're still a little apprehensive coming off an injury like he did? Yeah, the injury is interesting. Um, I was never a big Joe Burrow believer in the first place, personally. Um, you know, and I say that, you know, we, often refer to these things vaguely, but that means, you know, in terms of cost, right? He was yeah. going 101 in a lot of super flex drafts, sure. right? And I think people's memories tend to be short. Prior to that, like you said, you know, otherworldly season, the greatest college offense we've ever seen and may ever see. Um, Justin Herbert was the guy talked about as the top quarterback in that class. So yeah. it really was interesting to see one year, as you said perfectly before, like, did not do a lot early in his career. Um, you know, breakout age is always an interesting thing to look at for quarterbacks and when they make their mark on an offense. Um, so I, you know, I had my doubts coming in because I was like, is he a one-year wonder? Like how, sure. you know, was it the scheme? Then you look at the talent, right? You look at Jamar Chase, you look at Justin Jefferson, you look at CEH. I mean, we both have professed some love for Terrace Marshall on the show, yep. you know? Like, it's like, okay, you know, what was the chicken and the egg? Like, how did this work? Um, Seeing what he did last year, you know, with a pretty terrible offensive line, you know, like you said, number 24 O-line ranking, according to Pro Football Focus, um, they have made some improvements. I hated seeing them pass up on Penny Sewell. Yeah. I, I love Jamar Chase. I think 
Sewell is it like one of those cornerstone offensive linemen that you can build a franchise around for a decade. Agreed. From a pure team building perspective, wasn't a fan of the move, but you know, there's a guy we haven't even mentioned here, which is Joe Mixon, right? Yeah. Um, and leaning on your running back can always help. Like you said, they didn't use play action. Let's get them using play action, right? They they were already a very pass happy team. Let's use some play action, help Burrow get things under control, give him those clean pockets that he excelled in. Um, And I think he'll probably wind up changing my mind on him, right? Going from a guy that's like, all right, let's see it again, Joe. Um, You know, to somebody that's like, I can really see how this starts to come together. So definitely someone that, you know, if you have the chance to buy on the cheap because someone isn't still isn't sure about it, obviously hard to acquire young starting quarterbacks, especially in super flex. Um, but he's, he's a guy I'm definitely more comfortable pushing the button on now or trading for now than I was six, eight, you know, months ago. Totally fair. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I mean, cause as you said, you have the opportunity to have him kind of prove you wrong and make him, you more interested in him after this coming season. The only thing that's going to come along with that is a much heftier price tag. So I think with some of the things that we see, the trends that he has, you mentioned like that all-star cast uh, that he had when he was um, playing in college, he's got one again. So he's proven when he's given that type of talent to surround him that he's able to make something happen. And you just kind of have to go under the, the pretense of if he's done it before in college and now he has this again investing in him now when his price is cheapest because i have a real good feeling that it's going to be on the rise uh even in the very early part of next season so speaking of players that had had some hefty price tags once upon a time um let's flip over to the running backs and talk a little bit about miles sanders yeah so miles sanders is someone that i think has kind of slowly fallen down draft boards and it's kind of interesting to look at why right so they obviously they added kenny gainwell in the draft monster pass catcher out of memphis um clearly a stud there and he's got some other good role players on the roster but for all intents and purposes like miles sanders is still the bell cow of that team and to do a quick rewind for you know some of those not as familiar with miles sanders background he was kind of a one-year wonder at penn state but for a different reason he was uh he was buried on the jet chart behind a guy that you might have heard of named saquon barkley yeah here he's Um, pretty good yeah really he only had 300 or he didn't even have 300 career carries at Penn state over three years. Long story short, once Saquon Barkley leads, Miles Sanders blows up. I think he has like 1200 yards, catches a bunch of passes, like really shows that he can be a workhorse in the NFL so much so that he became an early declare. Like people said one year, that's all we need to see. You raise your hand for the NFL. And Oh, by the way, the Eagles are going to make you a top pick. So You know, 2019 season, his rookie year starts off slow, but still manages to get over 800 rushing yards and over 500 receiving yards, playing only 53.7% of snaps. So it was one of those things where efficiency was the name of the game for Miles Sanders. And all of a sudden he was a first, second round pick in startups the next year. This past year comes back a little, right? He was Mm -hmm. somebody who... He was very tough. You know, we obviously frame things up in terms of dynasty here, but from a redraft perspective, a strategy I always employ in the early rounds is like if somebody's injured either in training camp or coming out of training camp, like they're not someone I'm investing in early no. round pick in, no. right? So Sanders picked up that injury and I was already like, that is not good for him going into the season and still managed to be 
number eight in yards per touch and number 10 in yards created per touch. So still showing that efficiency that made him that first second round pick darling in startups yeah. based on the 2019 season. It's just, it's so interesting to me. Like I said, people's minds are short. They forget, you know, what Sanders has been able to do given every opportunity to be a workhorse when healthy. Um, I'm, he's somebody that I'm drafting. He's somebody that I'm trying to acquire. What are your thoughts on Miles Sanders? Yeah, I, honestly, I'm I'm looking to do the exact same uh, because I think this is probably the lowest his kind of value could be right now. I think he is he's burned people in, in quotes enough um, that they're starting to kind of look at uh, potentially offloading him for whatever they can get. And at that point, I'm I'm definitely looking to buy because I think there's a couple things that a the injury um, not being as big of a concern. He seems like he's definitely getting over that. It's something to monitor as you go into the season. But uh, Doug Peterson just being notorious for n- using more of an RBBC uh, as a running back by committee. I think it's a it's something that's always kind of lingered in the back of people's minds. He is now not there. <laughs> so the he can't hurt Miles Sanders in that regard anymore. Uh, and the last thing is like you see this um, this wave of – uh, guys who are joining up with the Eagles as running backs as well, right? We have Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I think Jordan Howard is back in town. We saw on Johnson also join up there. So Former getting, Dan favorite, oh, Jordan God, Howard. Pour one out. And we're going to talk about another guy who uh, near and dear to my heart at one point. Um, so all those guys come back, and it's scaring people away. They're not going to keep seven running backs on the team uh, when cutdowns happen. They're doing this because they have an inkling that they certainly want to have someone to back up Miles Sanders because at that point you have to invest because he has been injured. That A team has to prepare for something like that. Um, but I still believe they see him as that lead guy, and they're going to do tryouts for pretty much any of the Boston Scott, Carryon Johnson, Jordan Howard, XYZ, whoever else comes afterwards to see who gets uh, the, the second and third spot. Don't be scared by the quantity of guys that they have on the team right now because it's not going to end up that way. So really just take a look at the quality of those guys. And if that continues to scare you off, half of these guys got cut from their teams. <laughs> so I don't know why that's scaring you off so much. Uh, and again, sorry, Jordan Howard, but that's that ends up being the case. So it, long story short, I, I, I am very interested in uh, sending out some feelers for Miles Sanders because, again, I think the upside there is immense. Uh, and the introduction and just kind of lightning in a bottle that can be Jalen Hurts going into this year could add some real dynamicism to the overall offense. So let's stay with the running back position. And uh talk about a player that you've loved for a long time maybe that jordan howard love is faded but uh you've been a ronald jones guy ever since we started talking about him so yes. why don't why don't you talk to me a little bit about ronald jones and, and maybe ronald jones is the new jordan howard but i feel like there are a couple of reasons why he's not that's I not a good way to start your i know pitch, i know i know i don't i i don't want to speak that into the world um and i i think we're gonna find out that this is what i wanted jordan howard to be um, so let's, let's talk about Ronald Jones. Um, a, I mean, just in general on an offense that is pretty darn electric, right? I mean, they just won the Super Bowl. where they're, they're now becoming at least a part of that offense where you, you saw the chiefs and it's like, Oh man, I want a slice of that, that team. This is another one where, you know, they're just going to be performing well overall. And you want to see, uh, if you can pick up parts of it when you can get them at a reasonable price. Um, so one thing in particular for Ronald Jones, he was the, 
uh, rookie draft. He was a former rookie draft darling. Definitely someone going into rookie drafts for his draft season. He was like, ooh, okay, definitely someone that was really interesting and someone that you wanted to be able to pick up in the earlier rounds. Uh, and he was the poster child for ZRRB drafts in 2020, right? He was he did not carry a hefty price tag, but he was someone that was perceived as a starting RB that you could pick up in the later rounds and be able to kind of uh, see the dividends from that. Um, and he was 11th in rushing yards despite playing just 48% of the snaps. Other accolades, he was sixth best in uh, rushing grade from uh, PFF in 2020. He was the second best rusher in yards per attempt against eight-man boxes. That's ahead of Derrick Henry. And he was third in yards after contact per attempt. And that was right after uh, Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. Like th- To be included with guys like that in the rushing stats category is very impressive in my mind and i think that's something that he doesn't get enough credit for uh the one thing that dings him right now is the passing game involvement right he ranked 30th among rbs and receptions and 39th in total receiving yards so when you're talking about ppr believe me i get it it's definitely one where you you don't wants to have a guy like that as your RB1 because you just know they're not going to get that extreme upside with catching uh, a couple passes and bringing them in for touchdowns. But the guy is an absolute rushing monster when he's given the opportunity. So seeing what he's been able to do, like you, you now have a potential to invest so little in a guy who can give you Derrick Henry rushing like like skills he's not going to have that total volume and that's why he's never going to be derrick henry right because you got guys like leonard fournette uh and your uh your rookie darling uh keyshawn vaughn there we've also got what Gio bernard is another addition so there's the the bruce these guys arians are loves Gio bernard he does he does and so that's that's something where i would be continue to be weary of but again when you you get to quote-unquote crowded backfields like that the uh, price tag is suppressed because no one can guess. Everyone's having a hard time guessing who's going to be like the lead guy, right? And honestly, I think in terms of name value, uh, playoff Lenny in a lot of people's minds is uh, potentially even the starter because he had a really good kind of very tail end of the season, uh, but certainly playoffs itself, he performed very well. I still feel like they're going to want to continue to invest in this being a true dynasty. And I think they want to continue to see what they have in Ronald Jones because, yes, he had a couple issues here and there with the receiving. Uh, I think maybe a fumble or two as well. But to get a young uh, RB really kind of primed up to be able to deliver uh, over the course of the next like three years, I think they're going to make that investment. And I really think you can get Ronald Jones on the cheap for someone who could return crazy upside, especially if they involve him just a little bit more in the passing game. So I'm again, I'm all in on uh, Ronald Jones as a, a great RB3 option if you can get him or a Hail Mary kind of uh, RB2 if you really go light in um, RBs in your draft per se. Yeah, if you had told me a few years ago that 240-pound speed score savant Leonard Fournette would become the receiving back yeah. and that 205-pound, this is when he was coming out of college, uh, former track star Ronald Jones would be the grinder back, yeah, I think I'm not sure anybody would have believed you. What um, a time to be alive. <laughs> it's, it's very strange. It's been a weird backfield. I'm just going to leave you with this. 
Keyshawn Vaughn was a monster at Vanderbilt. So let's move on. <laughs> let's move I'm on. I'm not going to let you stop we, a conversation dropping that in like that. We, My goodness. We are pacing for our first ever sub 30-minute show, Dan. So I have one more player that I want to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, I'll make it quick, and then we will go into everybody's favorite segment, Dan on the Hot Seat. Ooh. So let's talk about Mike Williams, right? And I just want you know a quick answer. I'm going to set the stage for you. So yep. let's rewind a few years. we got to go back a little while. So – Mike Williams breaks out just prior to age 28 Clemson misses his entire junior year with a neck injury and then goes and declares after a monster 1300 yard senior campaign goes 107 people forget Mike Williams went that high goes 107 in the NFL draft to the Chargers does basically nothing his entire rookie year he was a little banged up missing some training camp does not open the season as a starter Flash forward to 2018. Touchdown machine, but no yardage. 10 touchdowns, 664 receiving yards. Then we go to 2019, and he has the opposite problem. Catches, gets all the yards and no touchdowns. Has a thousand yard receiving season on less than 50 catches, which is pretty ridiculous by itself, but only two touchdowns. Then we take a look at last year, playing with rookie superstar Justin Herbert. Mike Williams comes up with. The middle of his prior two years, 756 yep. yards, five touchdowns. He was number 47 in fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. Dan, what does the future hold for Mike Williams? Are you buying? Are you selling? Or are you just forgetting about him? What What's what's going on here? I am buying. I am. I'm going to buy anyone that's going to be attached to someone like Justin Herbert, right? Like that's you want to be able to be attached to a stellar up and coming rookie quarterback like that. Um, we just saw this Goldilocks situation, right? Too many touchdowns, too little yardage, too much yardage, too little touchdowns. Now this right in the middle, everyone's got a bad taste in their mouth because it's actually not the best Goldilocks situation. It's not the perfect best of both worlds. It was kind of a little less of, of either. So the worst of both, the worst of both. continue to sell. Me. <laughs> exactly. Um, which again, the the suppression uh, of his value is there, and that's why I'd be buying at this point. Because if he plays a full sixteen games, which honestly is the biggest question mark for me uh, with Mike Williams, then I think the sky's the limit. I the, I think it's his injuries that keep him um, from succeeding at his best because he plays so physical. So he being the high upside guy that he is, with knowing that you have a quarterback who's just going to throw bombs if you can get him there's gonna be plenty of people who have held on to him for four years and are just looking looking out uh looking to get out from under it uh probably like a second in rookie drafts would be able to get you someone like a mike williams where you can trade a Kadarius tony for a mike williams i'm doing that all day because i think oh, the baby. upside is way higher for someone like mike williams as compared to Kadarius tony in my opinion I love it. I'm not even going to rebut that. I want to go into rapid fire. Let's uh, do it. Everybody's favorite segment. And uh, so we got about seven minutes until we hit our 30 minute mark. Ooh, all so right. Start your engines. We will keep Is this rapid Jalen Hurts a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year, Dan? I think he has that upside, but I think he's going to be uh, between QB 12 and QB 14. That's that's okay. my guess. Is this the year we finally see what Joe Mixon is capable of? Yes, I'm I think talking it is. top five running back potential. 
it's 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 because he's done top 10 he's done top 10 i think maybe twice or at least top 12 multiple times um yeah i'm i i seriously i want to see it and he's got the weapons to pull uh a lot of those stack boxes that he saw off the yep. top i think we're gonna see uh, i'm gonna give him top six i think we're gonna see rb6 uh or higher out of him this season i love it best sophomore qb season this year burrow Herbert or Tua? Ooh, I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go Burrow here. I'm gonna go okay. Burrow. I think Justin Herbert had a fantastic season. I honestly, I think Tua is gonna surprise. But just looking at the numbers that Burrow had for pace, technically, if he stuck with that, I think he would have beaten up Herbert, which is just crazy. And now you just gave him one of the best wide receivers in this class. I'm going Burrow. Arrows pointed up for Joe Burrow. Is Javante Williams the Week One starter? Oh, I love that question. Oh man. I I don't believe he is the week 1 starter, but he will maybe aggressively I'm going to say he has that job by uh week 3. Okay. Odell Beckham Renaissance here. Is it going to happen? Oh, I yes. Yes, I really do. I really do think so. People don't look at what he did last year um, and give him enough credit. Uh, when you actually got it over to him and you didn't have Baker forcing him the ball, oh, he was lighting it up, man. So I really do believe that he's going to have a good year. This next question, I originally had it as can instead of will. So just keep that in mind. All right. Will CeeDee Lamb lead the Cowboys in receiving this year? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think so for sure. Um, and in fairness, let me just ask this question. Total receptions or receiving yards? Let's go receiving yards. All right. Receiving yards, yes. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to be really close with Cooper in receptions, but receiving yards, he's going to do it. Is Adam Troutman the real deal? Ooh, interesting. Little curveball before the two fast ones come All right. Um, is he the real deal? I think I like the player. But I don't have. I think if anything, if he succeeds this year, it's going to be off of volume because you, the Saints really badly wanted to get a, a wide receiver too. They didn't, and I think they're going to kind of force him more targets than he would have gotten there. Um, so I think he's going to succeed on volume, but I don't think you're going to see the the play itself and be like, oh my god, he's he's a next level. R.I.P. Traquan Smith. All right, buddy. Calvin Ridley is he a top six wide receiver this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Um, it's hard because we the, everyone's going to be talking about, is he the juju of this year? Uh, you have a stud leaving uh, and leaving him to be the new alpha. I believe there's a difference between uh, Ridley's ability to play outside as an alpha as compared to Juju, who's always been a slot. So I say yes. I think he's going to be a top six. You probably didn't have time to realize it because you're in rapid fire mode, but this this it all led to this. Is Kyle Pitts a top six tight end this year? Ooh. Yeah. In top six, and here's, here's the reason why. Because you, it's it's pretty darn easy to be uh, even tight end four. What do we get? Robert Tanyan, uh, tight end four, tight end Sounds three, somewhere right. around there. Sounds um, right. Logan Thomas. Logan uh, Thomas. Last year in a lot of oh scoring. my gosh, you look at the amount of routes run by Logan Thomas, like, and just you can certainly start to see that it's volume 
and being on the field that's going to make you uh, a tight end four, tight end five, tight end six. I don't think anyone else is going to see the volume that he's going to um, after, of course, like the big three tight ends. He's got to be. And if he isn't, um, buy him next year because people are going to be freaked out that he wasn't tight end one for some reason. <laughs> that's the end of the show, buddy. That's all I can do. Woo, so man. great job. Great job on the rapid fire. Um, we are under 30 minutes right now. So I'm going to keep it short to recap. We got a bunch of content. We're going to queue up. We're going to get you guys more content. Please keep, keep giving us the reviews. We're going to get you more content, whether Dan's here in spirit or on the mics, we will get you more content. I love it. And uh, yeah, got some more guests queued up. So we're going to have some more voices on the dynasty dynamic. Dan, anything to add before we close out the show? No, that's good. We're, uh, we're excited to kind of start delivering on a, uh, a more frequent cadence there. So again, uh, we only continue to learn about what you guys like or don't like by giving us the reviews there. So sincerely appreciate them when you're able to do it. It means a lot to us. Um, but otherwise, uh, looking forward to next time. All right. Well, getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>